This episode of the EDM podcast is brought to you by EDM Foundations. If you're a new producer and you're stuck with tutorials and you're not sure where to go, EDM Foundations might be the answer. We've had over 4,800 producers join and level up their foundational skills by practically making four pro-level tracks rather than learning a bunch of theory and concept. So if you want to stop wasting time and nail your music, head to edmprod.com slash edm-foundations. That's edmprod.com slash edm-foundations. Alright everyone, welcome to the EDM Podcast. If you're new, this is a show where we interview artists, producers and pretty much anyone in the industry who has something to say. My name is Aiden Russell. I produce under the name Artsy and I help run things here at EDM Prod. And today we have Simon, aka Duskus, on the show. Now, if you guys uh, aren't familiar with Duskus, he is UK born and raised, I believe. Is that right, yes, man? That is yeah, true. Yeah, you are. Okay, sweet. Go <laughs> check that. Um, and yeah, so he's known for his experimental and futuristic take on electronic music and not really confined to a specific subgenre. You've had releases on Monster Cat, Alpha Pup, Foreign Family, but are now currently signed to Bitbird, Sun Hollow's label, which is a good home for your music. Um, Definitely. And you've just had your most recent tune, Holding You, come out, which is um, going to be part of a compilation, which we'll talk about later in the episode. And you're going to, by the time this episode comes out, have another tune come out later in November. Uh, yes. So hopefully I got that little spiel about you right there, man. How are you? <laughs> How's man. things going? <laughs> I'm doing great, man. It's a wonderful day today. Yesterday it was awesome. a bit cold, but today it's a bit it's a bit nicer. So yeah, because um, you're you're still in the UK at the moment, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm in East London, so um, yeah. I was I, I moved back to my parents for a couple of months. I've literally just moved into a new pad. Um, yeah. But yeah, I live like kind of near Canary Wharf, which is just east in London. Um, slightly cheaper area we found because living in Central is expensive. So yeah. Yeah, I can imagine, man. I think London's one of the most expensive cities in the world or something I heard yeah, at one point. Exactly. Yeah, it's horrible. It's just like, I don't know how long I can do it here, but it's, it's, it's all right so far. I think it's worth it because now like my manager's moving here and all of my other mates who make similar music will live here. So it's worth it for that right now, but yeah, totally. it's expensive. Because <laughs> um, are you planning on going back to the US anytime soon? Because you were there for a bit, but you're kind of bouncing yes. back and forth. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going back on, well, mid-October. So I think the plan cool. is anywhere from, yeah, 20th of October, I think. Um, I've just got to do like one more interview at the US Embassy and then I'm going to yep. book the flights and yeah and then I'll be on supporting some and then doing a tour with Slow Magic as well so that'd be really cool that'd be awesome man yeah sick um, awesome man well uh, for those of you who are listening who maybe haven't heard specifically of your music and, and yourself as an artist before do you just want to like dive a bit more into your background as an artist and and how you kind of i guess got to where you are today yeah totally um i suppose if i go like right from the beginning like right 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 from the beginning um it started with guitar lessons basically so um, yeah my parents weren't like super super musical but i think because of that they kind of wanted me and my sister to like learn an instrument 
Um, mm. So when I was like, I don't know, like probably like seven or eight years old, um, my mum got me guitar lessons at the school I was at. And um, yeah, it started off quite simple. It was just like classical guitar, like really basic stuff. Mm. Um, and then I kind of learned like in England, we have like a thing called like grades and you do like sort of, it's like an exam essentially and you sort of like yeah. level up and you do different grades. Yeah, I think um, we've got a similar thing here in Australia too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so I did that for a bit. And I got, I think I got to like grade six eventually. Nice. Um, after like quite a few years, um, and then I kind of got bored of like the classical thing a little bit, so I um, kind of got into like acoustic, like finger style guitar. Okay. Because um, I kind of like the idea of just, I mean, you do that with classical anyway, but I like the idea of playing like melodies and like an entire song just with like playing the bass and the melody in in one rather than like you know electric guitar it's just like a lead or whatever yeah um, sure um so yeah i kind of like there was an artist called like andy mckee who i really liked okay um, cool and he was like i don't know i think i think i just liked it because it was like super melodic and stuff like that um mm, nice and um also another like i think he's like korean or something he's called sunga jung i don't know if i pronounced that right um, <laughs> but he was really cool as well um nice and I, yeah, I just sit on YouTube just watching these like guitarists playing finger style stuff and trying to learn it and probably not doing that well, but still really enjoying it. Um, yeah. And I think that was kind of just like sort of my entry into like this really melodic thing that I really liked, um, which is weird because then when in school, when I got to, when I was like, I don't know, like 14 or something, there was a kid that came up to me and he was like, um, do you know dubstep? And I was like, what, what's the, <laughs> who's dubstep? <laughs> yes. Who is dubstep? Like, he sounds, he sounds sick. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> yeah. So I was like, went home and like frantically Googling dubstep and listening to all these like crazy things. Yeah. And I was like, this is the weirdest shit. Like, I don't know if I really like it. I don't think I like it to be honest. And, um, yeah. And then my mate was good. Like kind of cliche like i think like everyone kind of gets into electronic music through skrillex but that was the case for me as well yeah totally um, so someone sort of mentioned skrillex in school and then i remember listening to skrillex and loving like all the melodic sections in his songs mm, um, yeah but ne never really like loving the drops as much like the which is yeah a lot of people liked it for the drops and i just liked his like he had like um I think it's called With You Friends Long Drive or something like that. Oh, which is just man, vocal that is drops. a beautiful tune. I yeah. was going to mention that one as like probably one of my favorites off that first, all that Scary yeah. Monsters and Nice Sprites EP. Yeah, great tune. So good, so good. I think that was like one of the first inspirations for like vocal chops for me. Um, nice. But, so I remember listening to that and then all the other stuff and like all the, like the bits where it wasn't like the wubs. was just like really melodic and beautiful. So I just love that. Yeah. I think over time I did enjoy start enjoying the drop and the drops and stuff, but I just mm. thought it was really cool that just you could make an entire song on your laptop. Yeah. Um, so I think I like downloaded like I think I was like I think I downloaded like a copy of FL Studio because I was like how to make music on computer. I just Googled it or something. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And then yeah, I downloaded FL Studio, um, and I watched this like YouTube video that basically he like. I basically like made an entire song in one MIDI clip, just really long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
nice. I was just like following this video step to step and he just and I just like copied I just like wrote an entire song in just like one MIDI clip that wasn't split up at all or anything like that and I just remember yeah because like, at FL like, Studio right like you can do yeah, that yeah. pretty easily you just like, keep yeah, extending yeah. the step sequence exactly like, exactly yeah. exactly <laughs> I just and I, it was so weird like um and then I yeah and then shortly after that I realized Skrillex used Ableton so I just shifted straight over to Ableton I don't nice. even know why. I just thought it was the. I just thought it was have to do what Skrillex was doing or something. I don't know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, so yeah, got onto Ableton, um, and then I think after that, I sort of came up with the name Duskus. So I was kind of, I think I like got onto SoundCloud finally. I remember people in school talking about it. Um, so I got onto SoundCloud, and I still think it was quite early for SoundCloud. Um, and I remember just like discovering this whole new world where just like people, loads of people like me were just like uploading music and I thought it was so cool. Um, yeah. And I was like, I just thought it was cool to like just have people commenting on your tracks and being, it's like a social media for producers almost. I thought it was so like yeah. unique. Um, so that kind of, I got obsessed at that point, I think. It's like, yeah, I could see like there was a whole, because in my school, I was kind of the only one doing this. But as soon as I went onto SoundCloud, I realized that there's loads of kids like me doing this. So I was like, damn, this is crazy. Yeah. Um, and then I think after that, I was like making like melodic dubstep for a while. Um, mm. Because like I said, I like Skrillex, but I didn't like the job. So I just made like melodic dubstep. And I was like, I can't remember who I was listening to. Like people like Scrux and or like, uh, what's his name? seven lines and all that all that sort of stuff yeah um, so the classic yeah. yeah 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 um and then i was like yeah I was, I was making melodic dubstep for a while and then i realized well i think i was just experimenting um i think i went on holiday to america with my family at the time and i remember mm. just being in the hotel room and i just replaced the drums of a melodic dubstep tune with trap drums <laughs> <laughs> trying to ride um, that wave <laughs> so yeah 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 and then i was like damn like i've never heard anything like this this is like i don't know i just i guess it's tr chill trap or something i don't yeah. know I just like putting chill trap or like heaven trap or something like that when i uploaded it to soundcloud yeah um, nice <laughs> and i think i put, put like a demo up called the first route on my soundcloud um yeah or the first route, depending on where you're from. Um, <laughs> and um, it was like a, a minute long demo. Um, and I think because I put in the hashtag chill trap, which I didn't even really, I didn't think about. I think I just accidentally did it. Um, there's this like big page on SoundCloud of like, I don't know, like 10,000 followers. And yeah. they had like, they were called like chill trap and they just like reposted like these sort of new genre chill trap tracks. Yeah. Um, and this like Huge. genre was like, completely new i suppose at the time um yeah and i think san san holo was following that um and um he he saw like the first route which is quite funny and he commented on it like yo this is crazy um and i remember clicking on his profile being like damn this guy's got like two thousand followers he's massive <laughs> yeah yeah back on the um, soundcloud days yeah. yeah yeah i was like damn this is crazy and i listened to his music i was like this is like next level i've never heard anything like it because he was just making melodic trap and it was like insane i was like yeah this is really cool yeah um 
And then in his bio, he had this little thing called at Bitbird. And I think before that, I was already like trying to send stuff to different labels like Monster Cat and all of that. And I was like, you know what, I'm just going to give up on that and just work on music for a while and forget about all these labels and stuff and just just enjoy making music. I don't really care. Yeah, Um, fair. And then I saw Bitbird. It had like 50 followers and I just like, um, just thought the logo was so cool. It's just like the classic bird, like the first ever one. I thought, damn, that's yeah, so cool. Yeah. It had like a few colors to it at the beginning. I think it wasn't just like a one color. It was like a few different shadings. I was like, damn, this yeah. looks so cool. Um, so I, I saw the email and I just sent that track that San commented on to them, the full version. Nice. Um, and they were like, yeah, we'd love to release this. Um, so yeah, we put the full track out and then I think I was in college at this point, which which is uh, after school. Um, and I think it got like 10,000 plays over like the space of a couple of months. And I remember telling everyone in, in college, like, look at, look at me, <laughs> 10,000 plays, man. Like, this is Damn. crazy. Um, and then, and then I think, I think I released another track after that. I don't know. I think there was a release between that of someone else. I can't remember. And then we just, and then, and then it just sort of spiraled out, spiraled from there. Sam was like growing because he'd released a remix that was popping off at the same time. Bitbird yeah, was growing right. because of this new genre of chill trap, which then became Future Bass, which is like we were riding that wave of this like new genre exploding. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah. Um, and nice. then eventually uh, it just progressed, I suppose. It, j- it just kept going for like years and, then, and seven years later. Whatever, how, however long it's been, six years later, me and Sarn are still good friends, and um, yeah. I'm still releasing on Bitbird now and a few other labels. And obviously, my sounds progressed a lot. It's not like Future Bassy anymore. It's, it's still yes. got those elements, but it's still like, yeah, um, yes, yeah, yeah. That's that's kind of how it started. <laughs> totally, man. Yeah, no, it's it's super interesting to dive into that. And yeah, I, I was going to mention like you've definitely. I, th- I feel like like a lot of it's definitely inspired by that kind of more four on the floor, like house, yes. you know, grooves and beats, like definitely seem to be like what you're doing with a lot of that, which I think is really like a cool combination of like, totally. you know, it's not just like, you know, I feel like combining like melodies with house, which is like what a lot of other producers have done already, but it's like a f- very fresh take on that sound, which I really like. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I- I'm curious, like, was house a genre that you also were influenced by in the early days or did that kind of come back much later when you're like, you know what, this is a, a sound kind of route I want to pursue. I, I'm curious how that kind of happened. Yeah. yeah. I think I've always sort of been a big believer in just sort of taking like a sound that is quite big and whatever, and then just trying to flip it in a way to yeah. f- make a new sound. So like, like mm. I said, with like the melodic dubstep and then using just trap drums, which, eventually became future bass yes um i think the same way i was like making future bass and i was like well everyone's just using the same beat what if i just use a four to the floor beat instead and yeah um, and eventually it evolved into this sort of different sound um yeah i think it's just like super experimenting and not wanting to just like do this do the same thing all the time um that's that's fair yeah yeah nice man were there other kind of genres um, beyond like what you mentioned previously, like dubstep, uh, house, was there anything else that kind of, you know, over the years you've been influenced by that you would say? Um, I suppose like, uh, yeah, I don't know. I suppose like, yeah, 
this is like when I was like 15, 16, 17, I suppose. And as I've, yeah. as, as I've, as it's progressed, I've kind of been getting, I think after that, about 18, 19, I started getting into like lo-fi house and stuff like that. Like I really like Ross from friends and oh, lovely. Like that. Yeah. Um, went right, like right when Bootman came out and all of those first records he did. Such loved a tune. all that stuff. DJ Seinfeld. I love all that. Oh man, um, such good. I was right into that like a, a few years ago too. Like I was yeah. making that kind of music for a while as well under a different alias. Totally. It's, it's lovely totally. music. Yeah. 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 Um, but also just before I actually um, even started dubstep and all of that, when I was like a kid, I was, my dad would always give me like a, an iPod with like the top 40 on it that he'd probably illegally downloaded. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. And I'd just be listening to pop music all the time. So I think yeah. that's kind of also where that sort of, I love UK music and different drum beats, mm. uh, rhythms and stuff and mixing that with pop, I think. It's kind and of like the big well, hooks and that kind of thing yeah, yeah something more melodic and I, I think that's where those sort of forces come together mm. um that's interesting actually yeah yeah and then i think especially with like holding you in in the last year or two i've been really into like the 1975 album which a lot of people can really hear um yeah. especially like the sort of garagey ones the garagey tracks um so I, I do like garage it's really cool um i've also got a few mates that i've got a mate who lives over the road called jemmy who makes really cool garage and another mate oh yeah um Glim G. I, I've, I've chatted to him before actually yeah yeah he's a cool guy yeah yeah um yeah and yeah i, I think i went around his i was like yeah how do you make like garage and he's just like i can't remember what it was he said but he showed me what groove to use and to use like a triplet grid and stuff like this um yeah so then i just started experimenting even though it was like completely different to his stuff i just wanted to know how to like draw different drum beats that weren't or rhythms that weren't just four to the floor um or like yeah just something different um and then i just started the same way writing pop or whatever but with yeah i don't know i really like orchestral stuff i really like boniver and all these other things where they have all these like weird like glitchy ambiences and all this different stuff that comes in um yeah so I really want to try and put that in my music and have almost orchestral elements into it. And then also sometimes yep. like the like most like um, the most like, I don't know, dirtiest beat ever, but with like something really melodic, do you know what I mean? If that makes yeah, sense. Yeah. Yeah. Like full saturation, just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then like yeah, yeah, real, yeah. like lovely intricate keys. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll see how that goes. I'm just experimenting like always, but yeah. Yeah, totally. I think like, if we're all honest, music is just kind of like like music production, especially and just you know make making music is constantly figuring out what you like and like how you can blend that all together uh, totally, in whatever context totally. that you want yeah. to, you know. And I think it's always evolving in one way or another. Um, whether your sound is more consistent or it's more diverse, like it's still always evolving in one way or another. Like, so it's hard to yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, as you said, you're like, oh, yeah, I actually really like these UK garage kind of beats. And it's like, how do I want to do that? That kind of yeah. stuff. More. Like, it's always evolving, I feel. Yeah, 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 sure. yeah. There's also this um, other artist called DJ Healer, who I'm quite obsessed with at the moment. He's like a really, oh. I don't really, I don't know if you know Tron Prince or um, DJ Metatron. He's like really like don't, don't unknown. He's like he's he's not got, he's not like on social media. He doesn't release music online. It's like all vinyl and it gets ripped. I feel um, like I've heard the name DJ Healer somewhere. Yeah, 
Yeah, so that's another inspiration I'm really liking at the moment. It's like really, it's almost like ambient music with just drums. And it's like, it's really like, I don't know, to me it's really artistic and, um, yeah. you know, not everyone would, most people probably wouldn't get it, but I love it. There's like a bit of noise on there and it's like really ambient. And yeah, I just really like it. It's cool. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. No, I'll check that out. I, I like love that kind of stuff as well. So, sick. yeah, that's sick, man. Um, and And I suppose in terms of like non non musical maybe inspiration as well like one thing you know with your instagram i feel like you do a pretty good job of is like curating a nice aesthetic um yeah do you do you find visuals and that kind of thing play a big role in like you know what kind of sound you're trying to go for or yeah yeah i, I feel like there is a bit of a tying up from from an outsider's perspective maybe of those two things totally yeah i mean i really like fashion and stuff like that so mm. Um. Yeah, I I, I I like dressing up and trying different outfits and taking different mm. pictures. And my girlfriend's a photographer, so you know, nice. we we go to like car boot sales together and stuff like that. Buy a bunch of random clothes, put them together, and then just try and figure out a, a cool picture. Um, nice. But of course, like many other artists, we do have like mood boards and stuff of what we think would fit with tracks and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think I don't know. I think like because she's like a really cool photographer. I like fashion. She also likes fashion. We just we work together well. We come up with a good visual aesthetic that sort of matches the the music and just what I really like, I suppose. Yeah, that's cool. I think um, you touched on it really quickly. There, mood boarding is like a great. Um, you know, for someone who's an artist out there who's listening, who maybe does, hasn't really put much thought into the visual identity side of themselves as an artist, totally. like it's a very important thing to do. Uh, something I've like I've done on and off, and probably need to do a bit more again recently, like in more recent times. Yeah, but it's totally. such an invaluable thing to like, kind of, you know, everything is paired with visuals these days, especially I feel. So it's nice to kind of know how your music can be represented in that way. Yeah. Um, and it just, it's a fun kind of activity, you know, figuring out what, even just like going on Google images and, and Googling stuff and figuring out which kind of vibes of photos totally. or images or graphics would suit my music, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's so fun to do as well. Like, mm. I really enjoy it. And I, I think it's also just so important as well, like you said. Um, yeah. Like some artists really rely on the brand and stuff, you know. Um, it really ties projects together and makes them like solid and like, a lot of people like also just look at the brand before they listen to the music. Naturally, you're going to look at an artwork before you listen to the song. You're going to look at like their in- the Instagram or whatever. You're, you're you're looking at something before you hear it usually. So it's yeah. important, definitely. Hundred percent, man. Hundred percent. Um, yeah, man. And um, I suppose like one last thing, like on kind of your background, and then we'll move on to maybe some more like specific production stuff. I'm curious, like you, you mentioned as well, you've you've been, I guess, in the game for a little while now. Yeah. And I would say like what's um, from your like artistic evolution maybe side of things, like what's one thing that you feel like has been that like what's one huge thing that's changed for you over those over that time, like from like maybe an artistic expression side of things? Um. I think like uh, when I started making music, um, like when I started production, I was like, yeah, I'm going to be this big, I want to be this big DJ that plays and stuff. Um, and then I think as time has progressed, I've 
because I think when I started, I was like really like career driven. I was like, I really want to be like this artist or be big and stuff like this. And then mm. I think as time has progressed, it's, I've actually just become more artistic in a way. And I'm always sort yep. of fighting with like um, career and then art, I suppose. It's like trying to fit those two together so I can still be successful, but also just be really artistic and make the music I like. Mm. Um, I don't know. I think as time's progressed, I've... I've just like, I suppose maybe my, the music I like is niche. I'm more experimental and, yeah. um, and yeah, I don't know. I suppose sometimes you could say like, if you, if you become more experimental and stuff like that, you're, you're more niche in a way you're not as accessible to most people. Um, sure. So it's always like a sort of, that's why I like combining this sort of pop stuff and whatever with mm. something different, you know? Um, so yeah. Totally. I think, you know, if, I think I think if we're all honest as well, like you know the the pop stuff, like or at least pop inspired stuff, we know works for a reason, I guess. And it's like totally. okay, but everyone, you know, you, you as you mentioned, like you know, I, I would fall into the same boat. It's like I don't I don't just want to write like straight up pop music either. Like it just doesn't yeah. just wouldn't interest me no, personally. Yeah, 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 totally. And if if you if you do like that, then like by all means, go for it. And I think yeah. you know that's a really lucky combination that you happen to enjoy that but um if you're not necessarily making pops like straight up pop music there are still things you can um take from that format and apply yeah. to your own sound um, totally totally yeah i think that's a very very good piece of advice and and yeah like actually real quick like are you doing music full-time at the moment yeah yeah, awesome. yeah. that's it yeah. that's it um yeah yeah that's awesome cool. man that's encouraging because i mean and, and everyone's in like a different position with that as well like um you know whether it's and, and as you mentioned like the the struggling the balance between career and like you know what you want to do with your art is definitely a battle like i feel that 100 totally. too yeah but um it's encouraging to hear that it is like a possible thing you can do it just uh yeah 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 takes that figuring out what that balance is for you i suppose yeah um, it, yeah yeah, yeah. I, I mean, you're going to get artists that like don't don't even want to like use social media and stuff. And sure, in today's today's age, it's so hard because yeah, cause maybe like yeah, yeah, it's just it's just so hard. Like you have to like it's almost like now I feel like you have to get on TikTok or something. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Or yeah. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> I've been feeling that that pull to like um start making more like Instagram <clears throat> reels and stuff like that. Yeah. And I've got a few fun ideas, but you know, I think at the end of the day if you're going to do something any, or anything like with the marketing career side, you have to make it something that like you enjoy. And I think totally. you can if you if you think about it, like you can find totally. a way to make it something you enjoy. Um yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 It's absolutely totally. key. Oh, awesome, man. Um I want to switch things up a little bit and I want to dive into a little bit of the production side of things. Cool. Um, yeah. So you mentioned as well, like in the beginning, you learned like when you were starting out with music and, and kind of growing up, you learned guitar. Um, is that an yeah. instrument you're still using a lot in the studio um, slash are you using other instruments as well? Um, yes, I am still using it quite a lot to be fair. It's actually yeah. currently at my parents house because i've just moved in here yeah um but uh yeah i i I definitely like using it to sort of either sort of add a layer to a track or if i do write with it 
than I normally write differently to how I would in Ableton, which can be a good thing depending on what I'm trying to make, I suppose. Um, yeah. Nice. Yeah, cool. Um, I think as well, like one thing, as you mentioned as well, like vocal chops and stuff like that, um, yeah, like a big part of a lot of your a lot of your tracks. I'm curious, yeah. like with sample manipulation and stuff like that, like are there any kind of fun fun techniques you have for like messing around with vocals that um, you want to share? I suppose, like I suppose, like the best. I don't know. I suppose I just sort of stumbled across. It must have been like years ago. I was like probably typed in how to make Skrillex vocal chops, <clears throat> something yeah. like that. And then I probably saw something on YouTube about like the sampler or something. <clears throat> and I really didn't like the sound of it. Um, mm. So I kind of came up with my own way, which was, I don't know, I, th- I think I saw a video about Melodyne and auto-tuning vocals. And I got like the first version of Melodyne. Um, yep. So what I'd normally do is I'd put a vocal in a track, a brand new track, just find an acapella online or something I've worked with on someone or whatever. Um, yeah had an old manager at the time that was helping me find vocals. Um, And I just write like the most emotional progression I could imagine underneath this vocal. Um, Nice. um, And then I would like slap a Melodyne on the vocal. And there's something about the Melodyne form and shift I really like. Like Mm. it sounds different to like Little Old or any of the other things. It's it's got a really unique sound. Um, Mm. So I'd form and shift all the notes down and then just kind of move, move them and try and make it, even the notes even more emotional with that chord progression. Then I'd freeze and flatten that. Um, mm. And then I'd just chop from that and chop for like 30 minutes, like in a project, just going along, 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 along. And then I'd yeah. have a break once I'd done that for like an hour, I'd come back and listen to it and just see if there's a cool melody. Nice. That's, that's sick. Actually. I, I really like, yeah. so pr- pretty much once you've got like the main kind of vocal, you just chopping it, arranging different v- versions and seeing what you like yeah and then if i have a, like a, a semi-cool melody maybe i'll write a new progression to that and then yeah and then maybe i could change the melody and you know it's just got back and forth until i have something that like i don't know i think if you've got like just two channels of just like melody and chords if you can get goosebumps from just that then you'll make mm. it <laughs> and then you can make a song like you can put any production to it yeah it's like it it, it sounds infuriatingly simple but it is true like I've I've talked about this uh, with a few other guests we've had on recently on the podcast as well. It's like some of the most simple songs like were written like by bands who had like, you know, drums, bass, piano, guitar. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And like, you know, the keys and the vocal or the guitar and the vocal are pretty much the the carry, like that's the song idea um, right there. Like you could strip everything else away and that would be most of the song, you know, it's crazy. Like. That's yeah. that's kind of just one sort of there's one sort of like big trap for like new producers where it's like you think you have to keep going more complex or you think you need this new plugin or this new way to do things and because mm. you've seen a YouTube video on it or you think you need you was I don't know I think in the beginning you're you're trying to like become really good by going like almost too niche or something like that but realistically like i think after you've done that for a while you sort of kind of fall back into like oh it just needs to be simple that's the best way like <laughs> yeah yeah 100 percent, man 100 percent. um yeah i i i think that's like the sooner you can overcome that like there's a lot of freedom in like it, i think it's like what, what i would call going deep instead of going wide like yeah it's like like 
focus on just having this one instrument and being like or one sample and be like what can you really do with this and like what totally. what would it sound like if this thing could sound like the best yeah and yeah, then yeah. yeah chords and melody man like that's that's most good songs <laughs> that's it that's it that's it that's it unless you're if making you those like two elements right yeah unless you're making like neurofunk in which case then obviously that's probably a bit different but yeah <laughs> um totally man and um yeah is there any kind of other like uh fun i guess just general studio techniques or like ways that you work like i noticed you know for example yeah one thing like i I listen to music and i like hear it just got like lovely texture as well like is that is there something like like you like layering in noise and foley or is it like a particular way you process sounds that you feel like gets that vibe um, or is it just the sound selection as well like yeah what do you think contributes to that um i suppose there's a few ways sometimes i do just slap noise on the track um or sometimes i'll use like um i don't know i suppose like i really like the crystallizer by sound toys that's cool such a good device Um, yeah and sometimes i just have that sort of stuff like sparkling around um i also really like using the granulator max for live granulator i don't know if you use that um, but just taking like a, sometimes I'll even, that's another way I start songs as well. Sometimes I'll just take like a really cool, like song that I like, and then just granulate it and write chord, sort of create steps in the automation of the file position to create different like chords. If Damn, I, get, if I, if really I ever cool. start overthinking things, then I'll, and I'll let it kind of make stuff for me. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Like even just like randomizing. I think in the granulator you can like spray. There's like a spray parameter or exactly, whatever. Sometimes yeah, yeah. you can just like lengthen the chop out a bit more so it's a longer chop and then just let it <laughs> yeah, do its totally. thing. Exactly. Yeah. So that, all that stuff is good for adding like random texture, I suppose. Yeah. Um, that's yeah. sick. Yeah, granular synthesis, man, is super powerful. Like, it's so underrated as well. I actually literally just wrote an article on it um, for the EDM prod blog. Quick Sweet. plug there. But, um, it's man, it's just, <laughs> it's just so underrated. Like, it, it is quite a niche thing. Like, you can't necessarily use it for everything maybe. But, like, no. it is, it is, like, I think the fact that it's sample-based as well is what makes it so fun. Like, whatever you load into it is, like, yeah, half the sound, right? And then it's how you mess with it. <laughs> Exactly. Like sometimes I'll just export the entire song um, that I'm already working on, or like yeah. mute the drums and all the percussion, and just export all the ambient parts, or m- maybe also mute the sub bass and the bass. Yeah. And just and then uh, export that and put that into the granulator. Um, Damn. And then I can and then using the spray and stuff because you've got no bass, there's going to be no clashing, and then you can sort of create textures and breakdowns and stuff like that. That is a beautiful idea. I definitely need to get on that. That's such a good <laughs> yeah. idea. Just just like, yeah, taking the entire texture track. I do find like if you're wanting to create those nice extra layers and this is kind of sounds like what you're, you're doing with the granulator here is like taking an existing sound in your track and just like resampling it, messing with it, adding reverb and stuff is like a great yeah. way to get sounds that are sound similar to the rest of the track but are different still rather than like necessarily... Yeah which isn't always bad but like getting a completely different sound and bringing it in might not always work yeah. like that's a great shout totally. actually yeah. yeah 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 exactly exactly and then also a lot of the time if i'm recording like vocals or anything like that there's always this like random crap going on in the background wherever i am usually yeah um, yeah 
and a lot of the time I do just record it from my phone as well. Um, but you just get all these random things going on in the background that I usually just leave in because it's just like adds units, adds something like unique to it. I don't know. Yeah, it was cool. The, I love the phone recordings as well. Like there is something about like just the way it sounds. It's kind of like dirtier, but it's and there's like it picks yeah. up the room noise maybe a bit too much sometimes too. But yeah, yeah, that's that's what makes it kind of really yeah just different that's the thing is like there's so much like there's so many videos out there that like, you should be recording your vocals like this and use all these types of compressors and stuff but you can just like sometimes just use your phone and record something terrible and it can still sound incredible so it's like yeah. you know I mean? exactly um, man i hundred percent agree with that as well so yeah if anyone's out there wanting to record vocals probably got no excuse that's it <laughs> <laughs> oh that's awesome man yeah no, that's uh some great ins- great inspiration i'm definitely gonna yeah as i said steal some of those and and jump in the studio probably tomorrow and try some of them because that's uh yeah especially for breakdowns i can imagine that granulated trick being pretty cool <laughs> yeah totally totally exactly it's so cool it's so cool yeah that's cool man um awesome man jumping forward a bit more as well so you've um you've had a few releases uh, come out fairly recently so uh, most recently you've had your track holding you which if I'm not mistaken is by the time this episode's coming out first came out as a single but it's also coming out on the Goldie and Finch 4 compilation is that right yeah so it's it's kind of just like a pre-single to the compilation I suppose like nice um, so it's, it's already a part of it um, so when the whole thing drops it'll be slotted in there on the compilation um but yeah yeah nice man and um i mean i love that track um i'll be using it for the intro to this episode as well so people will have heard that as they uh (laughs) as they um uh, came into the episode but yeah man i mean as i mentioned kind of briefly earlier in the episode like that garagey vibe on this one is really dope and it said it's something you've been experimenting with a bit more um do you want to dive into the the process of that track and how that one came about? Um, yeah, I think I think that one I just started with the drums. So I was just going through like loads of different songs in my playlists and just yeah. finding different drums. Um, mm. And it's very inspired by um, the nineteen seventy five. I can't remember which track it is yeah. on their new album, but the drums I just like basically nicked. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah um but like i changed them quite a bit and put them in their own way i suppose um sure and then i just i think i just like drew down like a bass line something like that um and then just sang like loads of random stuff on it for like 45 minutes until i had (laughs) a verse and a chorus um and then i just sprinkled it with loads of duskacy granulated loads of stuff basically that's how i came came up with it um it was one of those ones that was more like um, I chose to do certain things rather than it. It didn't come as naturally as some tracks, but you know, sometimes you sure. you kind of have to like choose what you're going to do. And I yep. feel like it was one of those where I was choosing different things. And I think, it, yeah, I think it worked. I think it was cool. Like, yeah, man, that rim, the rim shot. I'm just like, oh, that just sticks out really, in a really lovely way. But yeah, like the chords and melody is just. Oh, I think I said before I started recording, but love that tune man it's so good and um yeah thank you man 
Of course, man. I think you also touched on something really interesting really quick there. I actually haven't listened to the new 1975 album yet. I do need to go give that a a play yeah. at some point, definitely. But um, yeah, I think, you know, like another thing like new producers can do is just like overcomplicate. Like it's like, oh, I can't possibly just like, you know, reference a, a track I like and, and just copy the drums and you know, yeah. it's like, well, actually you can. And, you know, yeah. in doing that, a lot of the times you think you're just going to be like copying them like, you know, exactly, but you actually are always going to have your own way of doing that even exactly. by trying to imitate it. So it's like yeah. stop freaking out that you're going to like, no one's going to listen to your track and be like, you copied the 1975's yeah. drums in this one. Oh, yeah. I think <laughs> no everything's, that. everything's copied. You know what I mean? You can't yeah. possibly create something without copying it because you have to, you have to be, it has to come from somewhere. Yeah. Um, like, yeah, everything is copied, everything. But like, you know, you're doing that in your own way. I think it's kind of just like, you love a bunch of artists, like you said, ages ago, yeah. um, and you just put them all together and that becomes you. Um, yeah. yeah. That's so true, man. And and so those vocals as well on Holding You, they were yours. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think that was probably through my phone. Um, nice. And then I just, I think I just used the Melda auto pitch and Formant shifted it down. Such yeah. a good free plugin. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Because um, like the little old boy one does this weird thing where like when you form and shift it down, it like makes it weirdly stereo or something. Um, yeah, it doesn't sound. It, it's good if you're like harmonizing up or something. I feel like sometimes, but um, yeah, yeah, I, I know what you mean. The the M yeah. auto pitch. If anyone's listening, is a great like if you need a free like auto tune plugin. That's probably like the best one. I think that you could get for free. So yeah, check exactly. that out. Yeah. <laughs> that's all I use. <laughs> nice. That's cool. That's cool. Um, yeah, man. I some I have like the I think I have the Waves real tune, which is like a, meant to be like a really professional one. And it is good, but like sometimes like the imperfections you get from like the slightly worse versions or whatever are like kind of nice. You're like, actually yeah. I kind of like the sound of that better. Um, is is Waves real tune? Is that like a live auto tune, or is that one where like it records in the notes and you can move them? Uh, I I have the live version, so I just it's just okay. a real time plugin. Yeah, I think it's Waves it's tune real time, but they do have uh, like okay. a Melodyne kind of competitor. Yeah, because I've seen version. that one. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, the other big one is like the the um, Antares auto tune, but I haven't really dived into yes. that one. Um, that's yeah, like I a have very the like subscription. The T Pain, the T Pain one. Yeah. 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 I had the subscription for that for a bit and I was like, this is so expensive. I'm just going to stick with the free Melda one. So, yeah. Yeah. Once again, I sometimes feel like the, the tools that you use kind of end up, you know, helping kind of get more interesting results, even if they're not quote unquote the best, you know. So, exactly. Exactly. That's, that's, that's fair, man. Um, and, and also one thing moving on a bit from that as well. Um, is you were mentioned uh, we we're kind of talking about um your tune that's coming out after this in on in november which will be out by the time this podcast episode goes live so if everyone uh wants to go check that out i'll leave a link in the show notes for that but where we are right now is kind of like you're in this process where you're like basically got two tunes you're deciding between for that one is that if i'm not yeah. mistaken yeah, yeah yeah i've got like um a tune that 
I really like. I've been working on it for a while. Um, bit more yep. floor to the floor. Um, yeah. What I might even do is just put like a story on Instagram and just be like, which one do you want? <laughs> just put like a clip of both of them and just see what happens. Do it, man. I think people would um, really like appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. I think people really like that sort of interact interactivity how do you say it? like being able to interact and with what you're going to do yeah. as well almost, yeah like um, engagement or whatever yeah engagement yeah. yeah um but yeah and then i've also got something a little bit more like holding you um i think what i think because i hadn't released because i only just started really releasing singles again i hadn't really released in quite a while because of covid and stuff i just yeah. i had like real big sort of release anxiety about like releasing everything i've been do- doing recently yeah um so I was like really scared, like what people are going to think and oh, everyone's going to hate it or something like that. And then it turned out to get like loads of good feedback, which is really cool. Mm. Um, so yeah, I, I kind of just like down to sort of release more stuff like that now as well. Um, That's cool. Yeah. I, I think with me, like, I like so much music and I, I, I'm always going back and forth between different things, but I just love so much different music um, that, you know, I think it's just, to release what I want, I suppose, just release it. Like, even if like they're different, slightly different styles, whatever, I think I just need to get over just and just release it, whatever. Yeah. Um, there is, there is a freedom of like, just being like, you know what? I'm just going to put this out. Like, like obviously it's, it's art and it's like always like, you know, a very personal thing, but at the same time, there is nice to have like a certain level of detachment once it's out, like to be like, you know what? Like I, I have my own thoughts and feelings about this tune, but everyone else is going to receive that like differently, I guess. And it is interesting yeah. to sometimes see how people receive a tune in very different ways, which is cool. Yeah. yeah. I think regardless, like whatever I release, there'll be some people that don't like something as much and other people that like that one more and then vice versa. And there's always going to be people that like don't vibe what you do, but I think in the end you just stick it out <laughs> and it's because it's good. You need to be consistent in, in this day and age you have to just put stuff out <laughs> totally to, to, it, it is true and you know it, it's it is just a landscape we're in right like you know the the six the six week single cycle i think is like pr- the pr- most common terminology i've heard i've heard recently and yeah yeah you know that might change at some point as well like that's kind of what the music industry is doing now but um yeah it, it's about being consistent and and stuff like that so uh, you know one thing I did want to ask though, have you found your like core fan base has been pretty supportive as you've kind of like tried different things or do you, do you find yeah. like, yeah, yeah, that's good. They're always yeah. like really supportive of everything I do. So that's just like so cool. I think as long as you sort of like build a, build a vision around it and yeah, whatever, then your fans will just trust, trust you anyway. I think they just, yeah, they, they, they trust you as just like as a person and an artist, they like, like, they trust every decision you make, I suppose. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. that is cool. That's cool, man. Uh, awesome. Well, have you beyond that? Like, you, you've got a few shows coming up um, in the US. I think you're going yes. on tour with Slow Magic, if I'm not mistaken, and among a few other yeah. things. Do you want to um, let us know the deets about those ones? Um. Yeah. So I haven't actually looked at all the places I'm playing properly i mean i probably should (laughs) (laughs) um but i think it's is it it's west coast is it i don't don't know america very well to be honest somewhere in america that that big place on the map 
I'm going here. It's um, LA <laughs> and stuff like that. I'm staying at my buddy Roman yeah. Silvers, I think, if you know him. Nice. Um, he, he lives in, oh, what's it called? It's in the desert somewhere, like north of LA, I think. It's Palm okay. Springs, I think he lives there, Palm Springs. Okay, cool. Um, so I'll be going there, and then I'll go on tour with um, San, I think, first. And then, yeah. no, Slow Magic first, I think, and then San. I can't remember. I should probably like, really look into this because um, it's no, not very far away. But, um, yeah. I don't know. I've got my set ready. I've got the most important part ready. I've got like a yeah. wicked set done. Um, <laughs> I've, for like nice. Slow Magic one, I'm bringing my own little deck, which is a DDJ SX2. And then for Sans one, we'll nice. be on the tour bus. So I'll be like CDJs at each venue and stuff, which would be nice. And nice. I'm excited. Excited because it's been like, I was meant to tour before COVID and then COVID happened. I remember like sitting in the car with my mate being like, oh, look at this thing. On I was on Twitter. I was like, look at this thing and china there's like some mad virus going on and then like all of a sudden like tours cancelled i'm like what the hell um so then yeah damn it's finally coming back which is really cool and i'm very stoked it's gonna be really that's cool. good yeah, I'm, I'm good glad to hear because yeah that would yeah i think like that i've heard a couple of stories of just those tours right like right before covid so it's yeah nice you can get back on the road and play some shows totally. i'm sure that'll be yeah super fun man i'll leave links for both those um hopefully i'll be able to grab links for both those as many of those shows that are available to check out i'll leave links so you can go see if uh you'll have duskus in your area but um <laughs> yeah man that's exciting lots of things happening um anything else fun that you're kind of thinking about vaguely that you might want to do music wise or just kind of taking um, it, taking it as it comes at the moment. I don't know. I feel really inspired at the moment, which is good. I think moving awesome. into this new place has been like really, really good. Uh, totally. And I've also put the studio in the lounge now you can't really see it, but um, cool. We're getting a new desk soon and we're going to really upgrade it right now. It's just a really crappy setup, but we're going to sure. properly do it in here. Um, I live with my mate who's also, he works in a studio and he writes pop music and stuff like that. Um, Sweet. He's really cool. So we've just been collaborating a lot, which is nice. Um, and I think it's cool having a studio in a different room to your bedroom because I'm so used to just waking up, out, getting out of bed and sitting at my desk. <laughs> but now totally. I get out of bed and I, and I walk into this room and I make a coffee and then, I, and then I make music. And it's so much nicer. I don't know. And the light in here is so good. It just comes through. I love it. Oh, man. <laughs> It's the ni- it's a nice balance between like having your studio at home so it's easily accessible, but like yeah, having it in a separate place rather than it just all being cramped in. Like I'm in a exactly. similar position. Like I got this bedroom in the apartment I'm in, and like right behind here, there's like floor to ceiling yeah. window. So during the day, like you get really good natural light. I think natural exactly. light is a very key thing if you're inside like us and producing all day. Exactly, so. exactly. <laughs> it's, it's very needed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's awesome, man. Uh, good to hear. Um, cool, man. I'm going to ask one last question, which is something I'm asking everyone who comes on. It's a little like, um, it's a bit of a trick question. Um, you'll see what right. I mean when I when I ask it. So, <laughs> <laughs> don't freak out too much. It's it's a fun okay, one. Okay. Um, so, if you um, had a time machine, if you could go back and change one thing over the course of your your artist journey what do you think it would be um 
I don't know. I suppose it's just like <clears throat> probably just be careless in a way. Like you don't, I think the more you worry, the more you kind of set yourself up to, mm. to limits. limits. Well, just don't worry about what other people think as much. I think just do yeah. what you want. That's the most That's important a- thing. I think a lot of people fall into, the, fall into the trap of just worrying what other people think. And I think you just, just got to do what you like, you know, like this, I don't really worry what people think of what I wear. So I don't know why I worry about what people think of my music. You just got to like, yeah, just yeah. not care. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Yeah. I mean, the reason I say it's a trick question is because like, you know, I feel like we all make mistakes and they kind of make us who we are today. But yeah, I definitely think like the, the external, like, like pressures we put on ourselves, like what do we think people think of us or think yeah. of our music or stuff like that? Like, they can, yeah, they can be very real, but yeah, at the same time, like, like it's they're not voices that you want to be listening to because it's like what you're doing yeah. is what's the most important thing at the end of the day. So that's yeah, that's yeah. great, man. That's exactly. Very I feel like most people just worry worry about themselves, like you know, yeah. just do you do you. It doesn't really matter. Like in the end, when you're like an old man, <laughs> you probably <laughs> wish you put out that random track or you posted that thing because you know who cares when you're like old so just do it (laughs) exactly yeah that's uh just yeah just do it i'll i'll insert the shia labeouf um, (laughs) exactly (laughs) thing there (laughs) uh that's great man really good really good advice um awesome man well this has been super fun um thank you so much for jumping on again man Thank you for having me, man. It was really cool. I really good questions. I liked it. <laughs> oh, glad you enjoyed, man. Uh, it's awesome. Um, where can people find you online if they want to go check out your stuff? I think I am slash Duskus official. So like Instagram.com slash Duskus official. Let me just actually just double check that. No, yeah, do slash it, Duskus official. The same on Twitter. It's, uh, yeah. The same on I think everything else. Yeah, sweet. Um, yeah, awesome. I'll check that all below as well, but. Awesome, Simon. Thank you so much, man. This has been fun. Yeah, man. Thank you for having me, dude. It's been really cool. Tell me that you want me. That you feel the same way.